everyone, and welcome to Minute 130 of Season 3 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to sort of close off the week, or close off the the, the weekdays of this week, because we will have two special episodes uh, tomorrow and Sunday, is Richard Kirkham of Kirkham A Movie A Day and the current host of The Lambcast. Welcome back, Richard. Hey, come out to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. <laughs> I always love that line. I think I mentioned it earlier when, when we actually had the line that I, I remember when this movie was on HBO and they, you know, you'd have all the, the, the commercials for the movies that would be coming up, you know, uh, in the next few days or whatever it is, or even the month before. And they always had uh, that line. Where you know where John McClane says, "Come out to the coast, uh, have uh, come out to the coast, we'll have a few laughs." And then right after that, they have like this major explosion. So whenever I hear that sound, you know, when, when like for instance, when you just said, "You know, come out to the coast," I was expecting to hear you know a loud explosion right afterwards. Boom! <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sorry, I didn't provide sound effects for you. Well, you didn't know. You didn't know. Maybe maybe in post production, we'll, we'll I'll do that. I'll fix it in post. There you go. <laughs> exactly. So minute 130 begins with the credit for the third grip, because we, we saw two of them yesterday, and ends with the credit for the first of John McTiernan's assistants. So we're, we're once again doing a very deep dive into the various uh, people that are credited in this movie. There are hundreds of people on this list. So we're obviously not going through everybody. That would be uh, way too much. Uh, that, that would take too long. I don't think people really want to listen to it unless you were one of these hundreds of people who was on the movie. But, you know, I, do, do, you, do you usually sit, sit and watch credits of a movie? I, I always sit through the credits and always have because I know that those people, you know, get, they don't get, they're not making as much money as everybody else. What they're getting is a little bit of credit, and it's nice to do that. I wish I could say I paid a huge amount of attention to it. I do it out of politeness more than anything else. Plus, I like listening to the music at the end of a movie, uh, kind of let it absorb and wash over me. Uh, but I do look occasionally for uh, you know, particular kinds of credits. Uh, but I, I've years ago... Um, we uh, were watching one of the Twilight movies, I think it was, and we had gone to a, uh, one of the midnight screenings. It was an advanced screen, you know, not an advanced screening, but one of those preview screenings that they have on Thursday nights. And they stopped the movie during the credits because it was the last screening of the night and they were done. And I went, I went out and made them start it again because my daughter had a friend who had a production assistant credit in the oh, movie. Wow. And we we wanted to see their name on screen. Oh wow! That's... So I went out and yelled at them and said, "Hey, you're contractually obligated to run the credits. We want to see the credits." And they and they went back and they, you know, they scrolled back because it's you know everything's digital nowadays, and they right. uh, ran it for us. Right. They said, "Damn, I want to go home." Yes. <laughs> well, everybody else had gone home at that point, but you know. Yeah, I've were, I've, I've, you know, I've been were, in theaters by myself at the end. There, that 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 does happen. Even even in like Marvel movies, you know, some I don't understand that. Sometimes people, you know, there are certain movies you know that 
there are going to be going to be a stinger, yeah, a, some sort of stinger there. And more than half the theater always gets up and walks out. You know, they, they just don't realize, you know, that they should be waiting for something else. I don't know. Um, so then we get all the the special effects men. We get the uh, or special effects people, excuse me. The you have the special effects foreman, and then they have special effects assistants. There are fourteen special effects assistants in this movie. You know, and then the the I, I loved the the final credit right after of the special effects team. It says special effects transportation. So I guess that's the bus driver. <laughs> Because if they got 14... the guy who's carrying the explosives, uh, maybe that could be. <laughs> and you know, then then we we continue with uh, with with other uh, effects credits. You know, the visual effects and stuff like that. One of the things that I love here is as you go through it, you see that there is you have all the uh, model makers. Okay, you have the chief model maker and then the model construction foreman, and then you have uh, six model makers. And then right after that, you have what's known as a standby model maker. <laughs> and I'm, I was trying to figure out what that means. Do you, do you have any idea? I'll, I'll preface this by saying I did not find an answer. I assume it was somebody who was on set when they were uh, – not on set, but uh, who, who fixed things when they were shooting the models. Yeah. Somebody, so not somebody who built the models and designed them. But when they were shooting them, when they were photographing them, if there was a problem, they had to fix it. That's – I would assume that's yeah, the person. Yeah, okay. I would, I would agree with you. That, 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 that's the assumption I came to because it, that's just it, just, it just sounds really funny <laughs> to say that, that, he's on stand, that he's the model maker who's on standby. You know, he's the guy who's standing there on the side, and if, if one of the model makers gets injured, you know, he's, he takes over for him. <laughs> if one of them cannot fulfill their duties – That's right. <laughs> Then the second runner-up, <laughs> his congeniality, will take over. Yeah, Alan Alan Foucher, who is also uh, he was he, he mostly does visual effects uh, in miniatures and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes in the model department, he worked in he worked on Independence Day, Armageddon, uh, Die Hard. Obviously, he has sixteen visual effects credits. A lot of times, either models or miniatures and stuff like that. He also was he has one credit as a from space camp he's known as shuttle maintenance <laughs> oh he was on yeah, scene apparently on set yes there you are <laughs> so yeah I, I found that to be uh quite funny and then uh we we continue going along and we get the second unit director which uh i mentioned earlier is also the unit production manager it's the exact same person you know once again someone's getting a double credit which if you weren't doing it the way that we're doing it, most people wouldn't notice that someone gets a, a double credit, you know, cause uh, it's, it's view marks. We, we talked about him uh, a few days ago. And then we, we get the, a lot of the, the, the construction people who we, we know about the construction people from earlier in the movie, because uh, when Al drives his car into the construction site. So on the, 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 the big sign that talks about the, that the, they have names of a lot of people on the construction team of the movie. And also uh, when John is searching for Holly's name in the directory. So some of those names come up also. And then when John is talking to Bill Clay and looking up at the board 
of where everyone is in the building. So some of those people are listed there too. The, the, the one that always jumps out at me is Bob Gefeller, which every time I see that name on the, on screen makes me laugh because it just <laughs> doesn't sound like a real name, even though it is no offense to you, construction coordinator, Bruce, Bruce Gefeller. But, uh, you know, it, I, I thought it was just some sort of joke that they, you know, misspelled the name. I think I think it's uh, the combination of those letters at the beginning that make it sound yes, fake. Yeah. I I was talking with Jay one time, who is was the previous host of my uh, yeah, podcast, Jay, friend of the show. And Jay I mentioned Jay that we'd gone to. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned that we had gone to a uh, a movie in Pflugerville, which is here in Texas, and Pflugerville starts with a P F. And he says, that sounds like it's a made up name. Like there isn't, he says, that sounds like something from a movie, not a real place. <laughs> Pflugerville, like exactly. Feller. So yeah, it's just, it's fun to see it. And then we get the uh, set dressers, set the illustrator, the production. And then the, the, the way that this minute ends as the, 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 the screen stops, right? So we have the production coordinators, the assistants to uh, Lawrence Gordon, who was the producer. The assistance to Joel Silver and the assistance to John McTiernan. Okay, so I actually looked in a little bit to who all these people are. So the production coordinators, there are two women named uh, Dana Lynn Taylor and Elizabeth Galloway. So one of them was the production coordinator on this movie, Predator, Hunt for Red October, Sleeping with the Enemy, and The River Wild. And the other one, uh, Elizabeth Galloway, was the production coordinator on uh, Die Hard, The Shore Thing, The River's Edge, Mr. Mom, and Stand By Me. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Do you know what a production coordinator does? I'm sure it's another <laughs> logistics kind it's of thing. It's someone who coordinates production. Where, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, it sounds it sounds uh, reductive yeah. to say so, but they, I, but they, they're probably a, a step above uh the people on set but below the production designers right. okay so basically the a production coordinator which is the officially the official name is the production office coordinator so they're it's abbreviated as the POC you know which which i guess also is person of contact you know point of contact you know they they serve under the production manager producer and or the the UPM which we talked about earlier this week, to coordinate the various groups and personnel uh, that are needed to, to, to make the production work. It is a supervisory position to the production assistant staff. This person must have adept organizational skills, resourcefulness, and the ability to handle a multitude of tasks simultaneously under often high-pressure situations. They serve as the gatekeeper of company policy and are responsible for ensuring the, that rest of the production uh, crew follows the requirements of the production company or studio. The duties of the POC are often undefined and it's extremely varied, ranging from office manager to human resources to controller to, con to, to accountant. Um, it is one of the few positions on a movie set that uh, no longer has a scale or set wage. Okay, Most of them are uh, hired on an on-call weekly status and are basically paid a flat rate per week, no matter how many or how many or how few hours they must work. Uh, their days can range from an eight hour day to a 16 hour day. 
and they are often the first person in the office in the morning and the last person to leave since they hold the responsibility of tending to all the needs of the entire crew. They make sure the coffee's there in the morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, and they make they sure they clean up the coffee at the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. And then we have the the the, the assistance to the uh, to the, the two producers, and then we have the assistant to John McTiernan, who is a woman named Carol Land. Now I found this out earlier in the the uh the show i think it was actually during the first week that i found out who carol land was and i was i was shocked do you, do you want to give a guess without uh trying to look how she is connected to john mcturnan is she a a, a family member sort of i'll say sort of because she is actually according to the information that i have she is john mcturnan's ex-wife ex-wife huh? yes you work together long enough with somebody, you're going to be an ex. <laughs> exactly. It just it finds really uh, no. But I'm saying at the time that they made the movie, she was his ex-wife. The ex-wife, yeah. You know, which I I found to be you know, very interesting. I mean, they were they were married from 1974. According to IMDb, they were married from 74 till, and then it has a question mark. They don't, you know, no one filled in till when. But his next wife, he was married from 1988 to 1997. Which means that at some point, you know, they they got divorced. Maybe he got divorced because uh, McTiernan already started using the other one as as his assistant, you know, <laughs> in the movie before uh, uh, that. But but she was also his assistant in the Hunt for October, so it it means that she was still his assistant after they got divorced, which which is is somewhat baffling. You know, I, obviously I don't know the entire story and stuff like that, but it just. It it's something sounds very strange about it. Yeah, it is a little bit odd. I I try to remember. I think uh, Bogdanovich had a similar kind of situation with uh, his first wife that he left for um, Sybil Shepherd, but they continued to work together on a couple of other projects after that. I could be wrong about that, but it seems like I read that someplace. Okay, it's possible. It's possible, but but again, it just it sounds really strange that uh, you know he would have his uh, first of all that he would have his if, if they were even married at the time during when he did Predator and Die Hard. So it would also be strange that his you know assistant would be. His I wife. wonder if it was just a way for him to pay uh, alimony. <laughs> That's possible. All Lister is my assistant, and possible. then uh, that money goes directly to her instead of my head. Hmm. I'll bet it, there's a fiduciary element to this somewhere. Uh, it's very possible. <laughs> That's a good good point. I never thought about that one. Because also John McTiernan has a connection to the child actor who plays uh, John and Holly's son, Noah Land. Well, it sounds like uh, he's, you know, he's their son. But it's not, IMDb doesn't list him as his son. Huh. Yeah, I wonder so, if he's a stepson. I don't know, but it's the same. It could be his stepson. It could be uh, a nephew. Yeah. You know, any, anything possible. It sounds, it sounds as if he is somehow yeah. related. Uh, but I don't know. He didn't come back in Die Hard uh, uh, 5, <laughs> you know, playing playing uh, uh, John Jr. Jack or whatever yes. you want to call him. Right. And, and that's all I have to say about this minute. Do you have anything else you want nope. to say about it? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So one of the 
things that has been most controversial about Die Hard over the last 34 years is the fact is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? Now, I know we touched upon this a little bit at the beginning of the week, uh, so I sort of think that I know your response here. But regardless, Richard, do you think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not? And, you know, as a former professor, uh, you should make sure that you uh, show your work. Okay. Well, I do think that uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, regardless of whatever data you have about the presence or absence of Christmas-related items like um, decorations, Christmas gifts, songs at the time, the themes of Die Hard are very much Christmas-related in the same way that It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie because it's about uh, – or, or A Christmas Carol because it's about uh, redemption at the holidays. And that's a theme that is continuing in almost all Christmas-themed movies, and that's what this movie is about. We've got, we've got the, the redemption of Holly and John's marriage. We've got the redemption of Al – uh, in this particular situation, uh, we, you know, this is, and uh, we, we get a chance to see what life would have been like if they'd made different choices. It's not exactly an angel in, intervening, but there are, uh, you know, life. Where's Clarence? Yeah, you need there are life altering moments here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, Ellis wanted to go home to his cookies and carols with a certain kind of holly wrapped around his Christmas pole. Richard. Uh, sorry. Hey, I kept it PG-13. That's okay. That's okay. No, that's good. That's good. Very, very nice innuendo. Hey, that and, is and, very, very, very befitting uh, Harris Ellis. I think that, that, that he would have enjoyed that, uh, that little part. Yes. Uh, you know, and uh, like I said, it's Powell and Holly are characters that are seeking redemption John, of course, is the main character who's trying to redeem himself in his wife's eyes. Uh, Holly, of course, is in the situation. She's got the same situation with John that's problematic, but she's also got to kind of – she has to take over in the in the death of her boss in that situation. And Powell, of course, we get backstory, and at the end we get that uh, chance at redemption that's going on there. Uh Hans and Thornburg are the Marley and Potter of uh, Die Hard. You know, so if if characters from other Christmas-themed films or stories fit into this narrative here, then uh, we've got those two characters to uh, tell us that this is a Christmas story. You know, we've got villains that uh, are... You know, the, the don't care about uh, relationships. They don't see other people as being important. They they are very selfish in the way that they're going. And we know that they're they're even though they're given a chance during the holiday season to redeem themselves, they don't. All right, that's a great way to put the whole thing. Thank you very You're much welcome. for 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 putting that all together. For for being one of the final people who's going to actually have a chance to discuss this uh, this particular subject. So I, I think you 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 put it all together really well. And we'll have to wait until Sunday to find out, you know, what the tally is between all of my guests, you know, who, how many think that it is a Christmas movie and how many think it isn't, you know. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to stick around for, for two more days. <laughs> so once again, <laughs> once again, Richard, do you want to tell people uh, how they can 
find or get in touch with Richard Kirkham? I'm easy to find online. Uh, Kirkham A Movie A Day is my site. It's uh, There are two sites. The content is basically the same. One is a WordPress site. That's at KirkhamAMovieAday.com. And the other is a Blogspot site. That's KirkhamClass.blogspot.com. Um, the Blogspot site has clearer links to my other projects because I have four or five other projects that I'm doing as well. Um, but on my site, by the way, I like to promote a little bit. Uh, my, my rule is if I saw it in a theater, you'll read about it there. So that's kind of uh, what I do there. And I'm the host of the Lambcast, which is a weekly podcast uh, that uh, Movie Rob has appeared on numerous times and will be yes. substituting for me on occasion once in a while. So he's he's done a good job. Uh, and, of course, he's another uh, important member of the Lamb community. So you can find us at the Lamb LambLargeAssMoviesBlog.com as well. All right. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter or you can go directly to my website, MovieRobMinute.com. So, Richard, thank you very much again. Uh, you're more than welcome. I was I had a good time doing this. It was it was great. I'm glad. I'm glad. And I'm glad you enjoyed talking about credits also, not just uh, not just action scenes that happened, even though we we did get a big action scene at the beginning. We got the final action scene of the movie in the, uh, you know, the first minute of this week on Monday. So I, I appreciate that. So thank you very much for that, Richard. So just letting, just reminding everybody once again, tomorrow there will be another episode. We will have the penultimate episode of season four, uh, season three. And then on Sunday, we will have the final episode where uh, my, my guest and I will uh, go through all the tallies of every one of the, the, the three segments that we that, that, that we've discussed throughout the course of this season and we will uh, reveal what is uh, what what's going to happen on season four which should begin the following day on Monday so stick with us keep going and until tomorrow uh, when I'll be back even though Richard won't yippee ki yay yippee ki everybody 